refugees. That's the problem. Yeah. Everybody goes, well, what do we do with them? Here's the solution. Put the refugees on uh, a ship, large ship, and uh, you uh, ju- just sink that ship. From the smallest <laughs> room in New York City, they are unwanted. The show that gives you a reason to live. Who's going to say In violent Brooklyn, a mad, violent psychopath arrested for killing his grandmother, then allegedly tossing her out with the trash in front of the Crown Heights building, where an apartment will still be available. Barry James, Joyce Spears, that's the suspect and the victim. Police say the suspect, 32, used a 35-pound dumbbell to kill Spears, 70. After a 145-911 call, cops rushed third uh, floor apartment at 1635 Union Street. They came there and uh, discovered the body and the body of an unnamed cat, which was her cat, of indeterminate age. And uh, James told investigators he beat the woman to death with a dumbbell and stabbed her after becoming convinced that the elderly woman was possessed. So long as he had a good reason. The body was found in front of the building, wrapped in bed linens and carpet, along with the dead cat left on the curb with the regular crash. Joining me now, Larry Izzo. Hey, Larry. Ex-exterminator, Larry Izzo. Is you happy to not be exterminating? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm in comedy and not exterminating, although that's a comic uh, career. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important. I think that it's arguable. What, what do you think is more important to the world uh, on the whole, you know? Uh, killing insects and pests or making people laugh? Uh, making people laugh. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I guess without laughter. Without laughter, you have nothing. But with, with a, oh man, but if you live with all those rats and bugs, there's just not that much to laugh at. <laughs> So this guy wrapped his uh, grandmother in a rug, so that makes him a rapper. Yeah, he's a <laughs> D- DJ Dumbbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he killed his grandma. You know, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I don't know how long he knew she was possessed before he killed her, or how long she even was possessed before he killed her. I guess uh, you know that the, these are the kind of details they always leave out because they want to make the guy look guilty. You know, I, I mean, was going to say, what was would, the clue that he she was possessed? Uh, Did a hood spin around or something? Maybe the you know Linda Blair thing. See, that's the other thing. Yeah, she could have been doing shit that was like really, you know, kind of fucking ugly and un- unforgivable. Yeah. And, you know, projectile vomiting. She could have been a, a green puke. Green, green. She could Split be f- fucking herself with a crucifix, you know, as Linda Blair did. Uh, you know, we don't know. So these are the details they leave out. And, and again, I do think they do that to imply some sort of guilt on the guy's part. However, uh, you know, witnesses say that she was um, not uh, not a bad person. You know, they don't usually come out and say what a bad person the victim is anyway. But, uh, yeah, they said she was quiet. And, uh, you know. They're always quiet. Though. Kept to herself. Jeffrey Dahmer was quiet. Well, no, I'm talking about the victim, Larry. Oh, the victim. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when you have an older person well, on the show. Yeah, well, that's okay. Uh, maybe maybe that's a symptom of possession. A, well, I think he was possessed with the power to kill her. Yeah, <laughs> and he was he was possessed with uh, schizophrenia. I would think uh, he's off his meds. He's had a he has a history of mental illness. The cops say, tasered in two thousand nine following a psychotic episode. Twice taken to the hospital in two thousand ten and thirteen after failing to take his medication. He's also been arrested fourteen times, for, mostly for assaulting people. So, and, oh, there's a saying here in New York City, the 15th arrest is a charm. <laughs> <laughs> He'll now face a charge of second-degree murder. Uh, like I said, the, the neighbor said the victim was hardworking, quiet, kept to herself. So, uh, And he had a psychotic uh, history. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so she was hardworking, quiet, kept to herself. In a sense, death is really not going to change her life very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she can still be quiet. 
and keep to herself. The hardworking part, I guess. That's the thing of the past. But you got to retire at some point. You know? Uh, got to rec- pass the torch. <laughs> <laughs> to James now. It is, uh, they recalled him as a... Uh, this is... Uh, what's his first name here? Barry Barry James. Uh, they, he's erratic. He said, they said they called him an erratic man who often talked to himself. <laughs> so it's not always the quiet ones. Sometimes it's the erratic ones who talk to themselves. Why do the grandparents always get stuck with these kids? Where were the parents? See, they... Trying not to get killed. That's right. They give the kid up. They give it to the grandparents. They figure they're old. Let, him, let the kid go do his thing, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? If the grandparents did any kind of quality parenting, then the, maybe they wouldn't be such shitty parents that run away anyway. They get, I think the grandparents deserve to get these fucking kids because obviously they fucked up and raised these uh, non-parenting uh, shitheads. What kind of parenting was modeled for them? Uh-huh. By the time they get it figured out, they're old as fuck, and they go... <laughs> Well, I can be nice to these kids, you know, and then that's what they go. I, I could be a better parent than I, a grandparent than I was a parent. Right. I, I'm. It's funny to think when I was. I used to go like, man, I'll be telling my grandkids about this and shit like that. Well, I'm not going to have any grandkids. That is a, that is a certainty. If I had a kid tomorrow, maybe, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how that could happen. I have to tell you. I mean, you know, I hear all these stories, and uh, I mean. I love kids. I love my nieces and nephews, but that's about you know where we draw the line. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uncle Larry, Uncle Larry will do anything for you, but uh, you want to have a good time, we'll play and shit. But that's it. You, know, you <laughs> Just, go home. You got to go home now. Yeah, you can't stay. We can have food fights. Yeah, and if you have any schizophrenic ones, just fucking get rid of them. <laughs> I almost think it should be a mandatory death penalty when they diagnose somebody as schizophrenic. Yeah. Just like they should just go ahead and kill them. Because, uh, you know, a lot of murders happen. It's like when somebody gets their head cut off, somebody schizophrenic is, is in on that, I think. Yeah, you could just count definitely. on it. Because that's like a big th- uh, Either that or ISIS. But so now this guy's going to go to jail. So I, I got to ask you a question, Pat. Mm-hmm. You think the judicial system, like, prorates his sentence because of uh, the age she was? Oh, you see, that's something that uh, they that 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 is a progressive idea of uh, of sentencing and um, uh, law enforcement and and uh, you know judicial sort of uh, uh, interaction with with the the legal uh, process or whatever that we they haven't taken that step yet. Mm. We've discussed it and thought you know if you kill somebody when they're that, but I don't think that you should get too much of a break. <laughs> Because otherwise, it'd just be open season on these fuckers. Yeah, you know? I was going to say. But the insurance companies do it. You know, insurance companies, if you're in a car accident, and like, you're not going to get, if you're like 70 years old and you like, you know, break a pelvis or something, you're not yeah. going to get the money a 20 year old would get. No shit. Oh, no shit. That's a fact. Hmm. Yeah. Because no. that person's life is prorated. Because I once got into an accident and I only had 10, 20, and 5 in my car, which is $10,000, right? Basically. Of, insurance mm-hmm. i was a kid you know so you take the cheapest of course yeah and i got into an accident and um the insurance company said well don't worry about it she's uh, like 70 something years old she's not going to get paid off that much she won't take more than your 10 grand in other words come after me personally uh-huh. i didn't have anything anyway i was a kid you know right right i was 18 but uh <sighs> yeah, well, so i, I thought that was that. interesting that's you know? why you had insurance so they couldn't come after you personally well they can if you if you have less insurance than the accident is worth really Oh, See, yeah. I didn't get they, that. Please. The judicial system should be something everybody should look at. Well, yeah, not me. I, wh- what do I know about it? Right? 
Well, I've been to Landlord Tenant Court, and I'll tell you, you want to go to a freak show, go down there one day, and you'll see uh, things that you've never seen in your life. Oh, please, do tell. Well, well, you, now, you're talking about as a landlord, you've done As a thing. landlord, first of all, you go in, you're the criminal. They talk to you. Don't ever tell anybody you're a landlord. You'll stand online with people, and you'll talk to them, and they'll go, are you a landlord or tenant? And if you say landlord, they'll walk right away from you. What, are you going to say tenant? I mean, like, if you're a landlord, you're going to have landlord kind no, of I don't questions. talk to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then you go into court, and your appointment's at 9 o'clock or 930 and uh, there was one time where the judge actually had her chambers open, and she was painting her toenails until 11 o'clock. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Painting her toenails. She had the chambers door open, and you could actually see her doing her toenails. And I'm paying a, a lawyer $250 an hour. Oh, my God. And you're supposed to not be a misogynist somehow yeah. in this world. I mean, that's ridiculous. The waste is an unbelievable. The waste? The waste. Tell me about the waste. Well, I mean, the waste in the, in the court system, the waste in everything, which is uh, what Mr. Trump is trying to get rid of a lot of that. Oh, wait, hold on a second. You don't have your earbuds in. You got to, that, that helps I'm modulate sorry. the sound. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different conversation now. It's up it? in a new world. <laughs> yeah. What are you saying about uh, Mr. Trump's trying to eliminate the waste? Yeah. That, you know, nobody likes that because everybody's wasteful, you know, so they're going to knock everything down. That's not that. I don't think it's that they're anti uh, anti uh, keeping track of waste. I think it's that they're just anti anything he wants to do. You know, like this is I've never seen such obstinate people in my life. I, I, I like, like, like they think they're going to like not they're going to not confirm a, a Supreme Court uh, uh, justice for like four or eight years. I, I couldn't vote for either one of them, to be honest, but I do have to tell you, the the press, there is not one person that gives this guy any credit. You no. Know? I mean, not very, one. I mean, except Breitbart. Right. I mean, they're, 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 they're reasonable about it, at least. I think it's, uh, it's funny, uh, listen to that. I, I don't want to talk about it too much here, mm -hmm. and it's my fault, because uh, it, it always seems to come up. I don't even like, uh, I used to not if, veer into politics at all. But you know what got me so politically interested is this. I'm like everybody else. I got swept in by the stupid election. Well, this uh, this murder, this violent Brooklyn murder, which was not only a bludgeoning with a, a 35 pound dumbbell. Uh, now it, the, that weapon was found uh, outside his window, third floor window. So I guess he you know, tossed it out the window, <laughs> out the window. Yeah, it's tossed the evidence. Which is very not a conscientious way of getting rid of your evidence. First of all, it's not effective. Second of all, it could hurt somebody. You what are you trying to? What are you trying to injure somebody here? <laughs> that is no way to get rid of your murder weapon. You I know? didn't mean to kill him. I you're just gonna, meant to kill her. <laughs> you're going to hurt a stranger, you know. Uh, uh, but a thirty-five pound dumbbell, uh, I didn't think w was like. It doesn't sound like that much, but that's a lot. It's a, one of those hand dumbbells. Did you ever three try floors. to curl one of those or pick one up? Uh, it's no, heavy. Yeah, it's, 35 pounds is a lot of weight. It is a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I, I mean, like he could have done that with an eight-pounder. I mean, <laughs> one shot to the head with an eight-pounder to do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, easy, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like um, I, I know, some old brittle skull, too. You know, I mean, like I don't know exactly where he hit her how many times, uh, but uh, it wouldn't take too many times, that's for sure. I mean, you know, this was not, I'm, I'm, it doesn't sound like he tortured her or anything, which is not like that. I, I wonder why he killed the cat. I wonder if she, if the cat was also possessed. Probably. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe possessed. Maybe he probably just didn't like the cat. That's why he killed the grandmother. Just to, I don't just like to get the rid cat. of the cat. Yeah, she wouldn't he give it hates up. the smell of cats. I do hate the smell of cats myself. Do you have a cat? You don't have a cat. I used to have a cat that I never wanted. Um, <laughs> you know, my ex-wife's uh, sister gave me a cat one time and told me it was like six months old and it wound up being six years old and retarded. So I had a retarded cat that would urinate all over the place. I finally had to take him for a ride, you know, to the uh, shelter. To the, uh, <laughs> the uh, quotes, shelter. Don't feel like actually you threw it off a bridge or something. Yeah, no, I just put a bag over it and drowned it. No, I'm kidding. What's the difference? I mean, it's going to get incinerated anyway. The Humane Society, all they do is kill animals. What? Are, it's the most ironically named, that and the NAACP, the two most ironically named, uh, you know, whatever they are, organizations that you can think of. Considering that calling uh, people of color colored people <laughs> is about as... Uh, anti-advancement as you can get get. you know uh but like to say humane society like yes we're very humane we you know bring us an animal we will try to find somebody who wants it maybe if it's suitable if not we'll just kill it if not we'll send them to fritz let them light the ovens yeah exactly (laughs) it's it's very much the genocide of uh stray animals and that's humane because you know why it's humane? They go, oh, that's a three-legged dog. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, the city had its problems back in the 70s. Because we were doing pest control. We go into all the bad areas, and there were burnout buildings down there. Where now they were remodeling everything. But uh-huh. they were all burnouts. So parents used to buy their kids' dogs for Christmas. Sure. By January 4th, half these dogs are on the street. Okay? Wow. And it was a nightmare. You would go down. They were all dogs running all over Brooklyn. So the the door catchers, I guess, had to collect them. So they had their share of uh, problems. I like it. I like the fact that it's the dog catchers. That was like it used to be a job with the net. <laughs> yeah, like the guy, and the the dog catcher is depicted anytime you see him as the meanest guy in town. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's going to take your dog. Right. In Florida, they got gator catchers. You know, those guys come around. Well, nobody's, yeah, you got, that, that's an animal wrangling hero. Right. You know? yeah, Usually right. probably just like a three-toothed, you know, uh, freak of nature who, who comes out of the swamp and is afraid <laughs> of anything, you know. Uh, very much like the uh, our, our guest um, from last week who was the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Urban Tarzan. Urban Tarzan. Uh, is a guy about, uh, you know, whatever, age my age or something. and But he, he used to work with Steve Irwin a lot, and he's an animal wrangler. He'll go out and capture animals. One of his, uh, he had a show uh, called Urban Tarzan. That was back in, like, 2013. Uh, he had to come in and take care of this uh, chimp problem because the chimp had been, you know, going a little crazy and was, you know, uh, rambunctious and, and was uh, out of hand, basically, and the owners didn't know what to do with it. So uh, they try to calm it down by giving him cough syrup. <laughs> well, it didn't work, you know. It it, it it made it worse, if you can imagine. And he had a few bottles of that, and and so like you know, Tarzan arrives, you know, and he's like, "What's going on? What do you? What is that? How cough? How much cough syrup did he drink? I don't know. A couple of <laughs> bottles. It calms him down. So like uh, that, they go, well we, well, we can't shoot him with a dot now, and they decide to." Uh, you know, find it. They got to try to get it. And so he runs out of the room, the chimp, you know, they're still trying to get, they can't shoot him with the trank dart now. And, you know, he's looking at all the doors and he gets this back bedroom. He opens the door and there's the chimp standing there. But the chimp, by the way, wearing, you know, little overalls as they do, uh, 
pointing a gun at him. <laughs> gun leveled right at him. And it's the funniest thing. I mean, I laughed and I had watched that so many times. So funny. You know, see. but chimps. That's up on Compound. Chimps are. And you up know. on, uh, it's a, by the way, that's up on the YouTube page. You can see the clip of us oh, talking really? about that. Yeah, yeah. Check out uh, YouTube. I will. Uh, Pat Dixon, NYC. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was saying chimps can be really powerful uh, animals. Oh, yeah, I mean, they know, are. Yeah. When they're, they're really cute when they're small, but I've heard them like one lady. Didn't it just happen like a couple years ago? Oh, she uh, got maybe a face eaten 10 years ago, a, maybe. Yeah, yeah but uh, that, yeah. That short time ago. <laughs> no, I mean, that's. It's a notable case, yeah. and she eventually died. I think. I think she's dead now. Uh, uh. I think the woman who owned the chimp is also dead. Uh, the chimp's obviously dead. dead. But that thing was on a lot of things that it shouldn't have been on. You know, it was on. They would give it drugs to try Oxy to calm cotton. it down. Yeah, yeah, it's stuff like that. Or Xanax, I think. Let's give him some mushrooms. Yeah. Well, I mean, they gave him stuff to try to like relax him, I guess, and uh, and he was uh, he was addicted to that stuff, and then like I guess uh, would come off it and be cranky. <laughs> I'd be like, Expectable. Do not talk to me. But the lady should have known better than to come and try to. I don't know why. I mean, I, I'm not, again. I don't mean to blame the victim, but I mean like that's a dangerous animal. Don't fuck with it. Don't. I mean like I, maybe I think she was trying to, uh, you know. She was a guest there, and and I think it happened outside, and I think she was trying to, like, uh, you know, sort of negotiate with the chimp to to calm down or something. I don't know what was going on. Maybe get it to go in its cage. I'm never going to be in a position to get my face ripped off. So you feel about dogs and cats and kids the same way I do, probably. I think. All in the same category. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's terrible. For no, all my friends that have not kids, terrible. I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's, it's, you, you did the right thing. I did the right thing. You know? I mean, like, I've never fucking uh, hit a kid or anything like that. I never hit a kid. Nah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I say it like I'm denying it or something. You know, like, <laughs> I never hit that kid, but no. I mean. But I don't understand why all these parents bring these pit bulls into their homes mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, expect them not to eat the expect baby. Expect them not to eat the baby. Yeah, <laughs> or any other person in the house. That is a snack. Yeah, snack time for uh, for Fido. If you've got a baby around, I mean, they they love babies. They love the flavor. Uh, it's a delicacy to them, you know, because there's they don't. I think the reason they attack them is because even if they respect people, they don't think that toddlers are people. They don't see them as like legit, like in charge. They don't accept, you know, there's certainly no authority. They see them as that thing that they put in their mouth and rip apart. Yeah, a, yeah, a toy. It's a little toy. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like a rawhide, <laughs> basically. A talking rawhide. It's like a, a <laughs> it's the best kind of toy because it's like running around on its own and shit. You right. know what I mean? You, you got guys, a bit of a challenge to it. Yeah. You have to get right after it. <laughs> Pick your it. moment, you know, and rip that kid's head off. Why would you have something in the home that can do that? It's not even a matter of like will it or all that because it's like what can it do? What are the possibilities? That's that to me is where it's irresponsible because you're, it, it's it's fine if you trust your dog. If it's fine, but trust it, but but with some intelligence and say if this dog did on its worst day, just freak the fuck out. <laughs> what could it do? Well, Pitbull is a dangerous dog physically i mean like the bite power is immense you know and and their impulse is you know it's killer when it's there so to me you know if you make the and, and there's other ones too that are like uh, what's the cane corso do you know about that dog no i don't 
Jesus Christ. But even even a cat, I had the cat, and the cat got out of the house one time. You know, the screen door was open. He ran out. I tried to get that cat back in. My arms were scratched so badly all around the arms because this door, this cat went absolutely crazy on me. Because it, it was, was retarded. My cat. No, yeah. it was my cat. Oh, this was the second cat that I got that oh. I didn't want. Oh, yeah. That one died. We buried it. That's the end. I'm not doing nothing. No more. You, you, oh, it, no uh, more what did it die of? Natural causes. <laughs> Blood force trauma. <laughs> it fell down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Pat, being in the pest control business when you're a service technician and the animals get in the way of your job, you got to improvise a little bit. You know? Yeah, I understand. You're like, somehow this cat committed suicide. By shutting himself up in that old refrigerator. Right. <laughs> well, the parents wouldn't put the, I mean, the, you know, the, the owners wouldn't put the animals away. They won't put their kids away. Kids holding onto your can, you're trying to do something, and you're trying to spray. and he's You're got spraying poison around the room. Poisoning around, and the mother's going, oh, he's always into everything. They, see, we don't think that's cute. I'm, I'm not talking about you, but, I mean, you don't think it's cute, obviously. But, like, I'm talking about men who are trying to work don't think it's cute that oh, he's always into everything. We think it's... Like a, a burden. Well, maybe you can get his head out of the joint compound. How's that? <laughs> right of the poison. Oh, yeah, no. We'll spray some poison into his mouth. You know, he's got his mouth open and shit. Well, we tripped a few kids. I have to admit it. <laughs> you tripped <laughs> them. <laughs> this Kane Corso, look at this thing. This thing is a fucking killer, dude. No question about it. Look at that. Wow. Look at that. Wow, that like, is some dog. You see that? Oh, my God. No, that's even ugly. That's an ugly. That's a junkyard dog. Uh, they, yeah, exactly. It's that, that's exactly what that now, is. Who would want that uh, in their house? You know, mostly blacks, I think. Mm. <laughs> they, they, they like they like these they like pit bulls and and uh, I don't. It's not a, I, you know, I, is that a bad sort of a stereotype to say? Because plenty of white people own plenty of pit bulls. Oh yeah, but black people own some pit bulls. I mean, is that is that a do you think I'm just asking your opinion? Do you think that that is a does that sound racist? No, because I, I being in the you know there used to be uh, fights, the dog fights and everything up in uh, yeah in the heights and everything and you know the the pit bull fights you yeah. mean like they would yeah. fight and that would be in all neighborhoods. That just wasn't in uh, you know not just the white neighborhoods. Not just the white. It wasn't limited to the right. there was <laughs> the cock fights in the Latino neighborhoods. Midtown. They used to have cock arenas in the basements. Cock not really, not really cocks, but the you know the cocks were like. Of hens, course, right? Know. No, well, no, they were. They wouldn't be hens. They'd be like uh, roosters, right? Roosters, yeah, yeah. Well. And uh, cocks are not, you know, like fucking egg layers. Look at that fucking thing. That's- I, uh, cane corso is what I'm looking at. That is a, that is that is a pretty vicious looking dog. I imagine that uh, you know, some people just don't uh, they don't want a cute dog. That dog could have three legs. <laughs> <laughs> and a patch over his eye, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him from a shelter. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never. The, look, that was the friendliest looking one. Look at this. This one looks like the goddamn devil's inside it. Look at that. Look at that fucking yeah, thing. He's just waiting for blood. That thing. It's like you can't see the pupil, so it just has these like glowing red embers. And that is not a uh, edited photograph or anything. That has been manipulated in no way. Mean. <laughs> This has got to be a fucking Satan dog. Look at that shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All I did was Google Cane Corso and then start looking at some of these pictures, and they are, man, that's a mean-looking dog. Uh, and and uh, if you, if you want to look at what I'm looking at, just do that. Now, here's a girl sitting on one. Now, come on. So, yeah. Come that, on. Now, you don't love crazy. your child. 
that dog's head is the size of her torso. Look at that. Yeah, and the parents will tell you, oh, he's not going to do anything. He's so friendly. Of course. Oh, he's just a big teddy bear. Right. I hate when people say that shit. I really do. I don't know why, but it just seems like they're kind of like telling you, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This do- I trust that the dog is smarter than you. It's, it's just, you know what I mean? It seems like they're putting the dog on a higher level. You know, when they uh, when a service technician goes into a house, we had one guy, he opened the door that he shouldn't have, and a dog was behind the other door. And, you know, the, Dog's in there fucking the lady of the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he just opened the door because the people told him, yeah, just go in there, no problem. And the dog grabbed him. Oh. I, I think he took about 16 stitches oh. and ripped his clothes apart. Oh. Really. It's so hard to stitches in the shirt, too. Yeah, in the stomach. What? Plus, he had to get the shots. What kind of dog was it? Was it Pitbull? Uh, No, I don't remember. I think it was a shepherd, actually. That makes more sense. They're taller. Pitbull's not going to get you right in the stomach unless unless you're really a short dude. They get you down. I think they do go for the ball. You know, chimps, when they attack you, they They go go for your hands. They They really? Yeah, they go for your hands and face, and they'll they'll bite your hand. It's smart. You know, I mean, that's what you're going to fucking do something with. (laughs) Your hand, they cripple that. Look at this way this guy's holding his dog. He's got it by the ear and by the fucking tail. You know, I guess he's just kind of like demonstrating the fucking. I know <laughs> so little dog. about dogs <laughs> that I, when I moved into a new neighborhood in Westbury one time, we were just coming home, right, at a night out of dinner, and I see this guy walking. Uh, I see this dog running around with a uh, like a lampshade on his neck, you know? Mm hmm. And it's actually something they put on an oh, right. animal yeah, when course. he gets an operation. Well, I didn't know. Yeah, I know so they won't nothing about wounds, dogs. Right, yeah. So I was running around the neighborhood <laughs> going to this guy. Your dog just stuck a, a lampshade on his head. He's running down the block. <laughs> <laughs> he thought I was. You wouldn't told him? Yeah, he, he didn't oh, speak to great. me for 15 years I like, lived I think, there. I think, I think that dog has been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> like I was the old uh, symbol for a drunk guy, you know, at a party. Yeah, right. Look at this. Look at this dog. Wow. It's not blood on the ground, but it it should be. Oh, it looks like it, it looks yeah. like it's like yeah. I just ate something, and it's and these dogs are so vicious looking. I think they are among the most dangerous dogs. When you see these lists, there's always a couple on there that you're surprised by. You know that that, that are like like the husky. Uh, I guess it makes sense, you know, because it's a big. But like you just, like huskies, uh, are, they are dangerous apparently. Those and um, some of the other. Uh, like, if I look at this list, uh, you, I heard you somewhere though that they're importing dogs that are not wanted from other countries, and I don't understand <laughs> that. Don't we have enough just, of this shit? Why don't the, we import some homeless here too? Well, as well they, they come know? from war-torn countries, you know, <laughs> and, and these are refugee dogs that need homes. We got to do our part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sick shit. I, I think that I got this. Uh, I uh, you know people. The the problem is. Um, Refugees, that's the problem. Yeah. Everybody goes, well, what do we do with them? Where do they go? I think, here's the solution. Put the refugees, you know, they obviously can't stay where they are. So they uh, put them on uh, a boat, a ship, large ship, and uh, you just uh, just sink that ship. <laughs> you know? And there's no more refugee problem. That's it. Yeah, I gotta you know? go. And go Anybody else want to leave? Hmm. Uh, yeah, because, I mean... Uh, no, they they are unwanted, and who's going to say anything? You know what I mean? No. Refugee land. There's no country. They okay. Let's go through some of these then. Uh, the most dangerous dogs, most dangerous dog breeds. A list of twenty five. 
dangerous dogs. Uh, number 25, the uh, Tosa, Un- Tosa Inu. Are you familiar? No, I have no clue. It's, it's like a big, it looks like a, it's a massive dog, it says. It reached heights of uh, 24 and a half to 32 inches. My God. Wow. Originally bred to be a fighting dog, considered dangerous, and it's legally instric- uh, restricted in some countries. In some countries, like, you can't have one of those. Right. A Tosa Inu. Okay, 130 to 200 pounds, which is a 200-pound dog. American uh, Bandog, which is, uh, it looks like a bulldog. It's a Neapolitan Mastiff. It's a cross between an American Pit Bull Terrier and a Neapolitan Mastiff. Well, what is that, an Italian thing? The Neapolitan, Neapolitan. yeah, I guess, yeah. Hmm. It must be, in spite of its muscular look, the dog was not originally bred for fighting. Uh, and nevertheless, some have used it as a fighting dog. Yeah, it's just uh, incidentally good at fighting <laughs> <laughs> by being strong as fucking vicious. Here's the right. Cane Corso, 23 on the list. Wow. Can there be 22 more vicious dogs than that motherfucker? That's the most sorrowful-looking one. He's like, it is. Look, I'm just a depressed dog. I'm not going to cause any problems. Weight between 99 and 150 pounds. The breed is known as a true and quite possibly the last of the of the coursing mastiffs, hmm. which is a, it's a descendant of the uh, Canis Pugnax. Ah. Well, of course, the old Canis Pugnax. You don't uh, want that dogs. up your canis. <laughs> that's why they were used by Romans. You don't want him in warfare. Up your canis. Now the bull terrier. That's a, that that dog is not a good looking dog. That is a that, that dog looks like. Uh, first actually, of all, I mean look look at how low and broad it is. I was going to say bull his terrier. face looks like he's wearing a muzzle without a muzzle. <laughs> yeah, like it has a muzzle on him. It's got a, it's but it's all beak. It's huge. Yeah. That mouth is huge. Known for its large egg-shaped head, bull terriers exceptionally strong dogs with the number one ranking in pound-for-pound lean muscle tissue. That, I believe. There's an ounce of fat on that dog. That dog has never had table food. Uh, Not particularly aggressive. Breeds known to have strong uh, prey drive, which makes the bull terrier a dangerous dog towards smaller animals. Mm. That's always trying to eat something. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anything smaller than him. Like, not real aggressive. (laughs) Unless there's little shit around that he Unless can attack. Unless he's hungry. <laughs> Unless he needs a snack. Yeah, exactly. Just he, He's only uh, a problem when there's stuff around that it wants to attack. That's the only time. Otherwise, it is a fine, non-aggressive dog. Rhodesian Ridgeback. Now, but, but I want to say this about this bull terrier, though. One more thing. Uh, the mask. It looks like one of those masks like the... Uh, the uh, what do you call them? Like the, the they started wearing at Occupy Wall Street. What masks do protesters wear? Now there's people that are listening to this right now, going, "It's that thing," <laughs> and they know, but I don't know. I, I don't really remember this. But it's the uh, okay Guy Fox mask. That's what it is. Guy Fox. The Guy Fox mask. It's this. You've seen them wearing those. Yes. Yeah. It's like a Frenchman. I was going to say, that's like the old French masquerade masks. Yeah. Right? It really looks, uh, I guess it's real creepy. It is. It looks yeah. like one of those ceramic dolls, you know. Eyes, doll-like doll's eyes. Mm. Don't even seem to be living. And the uh, 25 most dangerous dogs list. Rhodesian Ridgeback. That dog doesn't look super dangerous. Uh, it, I, I believe them. It's from uh, Southern Africa. Uh, is known for his ability to keep lions away from prey. Man. Keep lions away from prey. Lions. This you dog think, fights lions. I was going to say you would think he would be prey for the lions. <laughs> it's only semi-domesticated yeah. as, as a hunting dog and loyal 
Okay, let's go all the way to number five here. I want to see the top five. Uh, number five, because that was the you know the, the the back five. Let's look at the top five. Alaskan Malamutes. Yeah. Related to the Siberian Husky, requires daily exercise. Exercises to be happy. If they if you if they don't exercise, unless they if they become bored, they'll they'll be disobedient and destructive. Wow. So that's a kind of dog brain that you don't want inside a dog or a person. Uh, the Rottweiler, predictably number four, powerful breed, well-developed mm-hmm. genetic herding and guarding instincts, and uh, yeah, well known as uh, like you said, the junkyard dog kind of look. German yeah. Shepherd. This German Shepherd seems to be a little bit uh, down in the haunches there. Huh? Looks like he's dropping a deuce. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on now, that's the picture you're going with. <laughs> uh, that's weird. Uh, the pit bull, number two. Uh, again, they what do they get a mean one? Look at that, those mean eyes, beady little eyes. I mean, like as a, a kid, eyes. I think you would just cry just looking at the dog. You know, you would think, right? Yeah, that's like a it's like it's gator face dog. Right. That dog looks it looks like it can't wait to bite whatever it's looking at. Uh, let's hear what they say about it now. I mean, I didn't make this list. They say pit bulls are dangerous. Right. I've been called dog racist by people, <laughs> which I think is. <laughs> Yeah, to 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 say different breeds have different attributes apparently is racism uh, to some people uh, when you're talking about dogs. So the term pit bull encompasses several breeds of dog, from the American pit bull terrier to the Staffordshire bull terrier. Now that's a dog. The uh, American Staffordshire terrier and the American bulldog. Now originally bred for baiting bulls and bears. The majority of their breeds were also used for dogfighting in numerous parts of the world, considered as the most dangerous dog in America. That means the last one, foreign. And now we get a dog, it just looks like some mutt. The, I was going to say, it's it called, looks like Lassie there. Yeah, it's called the Caucasian, which... There you on, go. Come on. That, this is like one of those, it's called the Caucasian of Chakra. That's why of he's Charka, number five. Of Chakra, number one. He's number one. That's the number one. Caucasian of Charka. I've never heard of that dog, of Charka. Uh, There's no Caucasians. Also, I know that would own one of those. Also known as the, yeah, look at that dog. Also known as the, it doesn't look like Lassie. The facial expression looks like Lassie. You're right. It's like if Lassie got a fucked up haircut <laughs> and mange, and I'm sure that's a healthy specimen, but it's just in the backyard, you know, it's like going like, I'm the most dangerous dog that there is. Right. Maybe that's Maybe that's part of it, as he draws you in. Is you, like, you start right. doing favors for the dog, you know, and be like, hey, you seem kind of down, let me, uh, and then you come up to help it, and it bites your head off. It looks a little St. Bernardish, too, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It does look a little St. Bernardish. Like, it's it's like a withered, starved St. Bernard mm-hmm. uh, who, uh, you know, needs to buy a new set of fur. Not even, like, grow it, but buy it. <laughs> get, get a, fur implants. Strong-willed and courageous, it says, of the cock. But because it's the Caucasian shepherd, as it says, it's this list seems like one of those lists where they're like, uh, you know, the, like if you go to the zoo and it goes, we're a, a list of the most dangerous animals there are, and it's like, you know, uh, the gorillas uh, that can that have this kind of strength and crocodiles and and uh, of course the the Komodo dragons, you know, Komodo. right? Because they're dangerous. They have that poison in their mouth from all that bacteria and shit. And then you get to uh, the last one, it's like. And of course, the most dangerous of all, man. <laughs> man has done more damage to the world and all that shit. That's what this Caucasian shepherd situation feels mm-hmm. like. It's assertive, strong-willed, and courageous. However, unless properly socialized and trained, 
they may exhibit ferocious and unmanageable tendencies since it does not accept people it does not know. Again, Caucasian, what do you expect? <laughs> Has a powerful urge to defend. Very defensive. Defensive and prejudiced. The <laughs> Caucasian of Charka. Uh, with, uh, with the Guy Fox mask. Well, it's intriguing, isn't it? How one how one breed can be more dangerous than another, but but one breed of person is mm. is uh, we're all created equally, of course, unless you're schizophrenic, and then you're gonna probably cut somebody's probably going to. It's just a matter of time, time until you stop taking your medication and cut somebody's head off. This body in Brooklyn, in violent Brooklyn, um, which was the grandmother. Of the young man, I say young man, he was pretty young. He was uh, 32, Barry James, and he uh, he confessed to killing a 70-year-old grandmother because he thought she was possessed. We don't know why he thought that. She might have just been creepy. Hmm. She might have just not given him uh, the money that he wanted. She was obviously taking up space. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to just stay there, sir. Uh, this was discovered by an off-duty taxi driver. He's on his way home from work around 1.45 in the morning. Isaka Kier, 39. I was just coming back from work, and I saw the feet. I said, who is this drunk person here? Well, the <laughs> feet like coming out of the rug. <laughs> coming out of the rug, which was also wrapped in a blanket, by the way. So it was a blanket, and then a rug under that, and then a cat under that. But it's laying there. I've never been so drunk. I've rolled myself up in a blanket and a carpet. <laughs> And laid and on laid the on the curb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that, that that is hammered. I was on the phone. Uh, the guy says he goes. I gotta. I have to call the police. So the nine one one dispatcher said, "Touch the body." That is not what you would expect. <laughs> Usually, they talk about evidence. <laughs> yeah, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. Yeah, they, the nine one one dispatcher said, "Touch the body." Um, and the guy said, well, I didn't want to touch it, uh, so I kicked with my foot, and it was not moving. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, just kick it. Just kick it. Kick it and see if it's alive. If it's limp? They don't want to send cops out for someone just laying yeah. in the street unconscious if they're exactly. actually alive. Come on now. Well, police said the suspect has a history of that mental illness, like I said. So he's out of the run-ins, and, and they never do come out and say, you know, schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, killing somebody because they're possessed, that is not manic depression or possessed. You know, it, it's, it's not, uh, if, if you have it in mind that, that, that a relative is possessed and you murder them, uh, is it premeditated? What, what could it be? Premeditated? I don't um, know. Cause it's a moment thing. It depends on if like they find your like plans to kill, like you've got it all written out. Like my grandmother has been possessed. I've known this for <laughs> years. Uh, so here's how I'm going to do it. Then it might be premeditated. But otherwise, I would say, yeah, it's probably something that the guy thought in an instant and, you know. Okay, so now he goes to but, jail. But he's, well, you see, he's, that's the other part of it is, if you do something off your medication and you're crazy, you have a history of it, that's well established. It's right. almost an insanity plea automatically. I just don't think that this guy, I mean, like, they've gotten to the point now where someone like that, I believe, will just be... He'll have to take his medication for a little while, and then uh, he'll get out. And then they'll put him on a work program, get him out. He'll find God and become a counselor. 
That's what happens. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think they're going to let a schizophrenic be a counselor, no matter how much medication he takes. I could be wrong. I mean, hell, I don't know. Just, uh, nothing is surprising. I don't think anything surprises me anymore. Yeah. However, though, um, now, for, well, okay, if nothing surprises you, see if this surprises you. Because uh, uh, there's a guy who, who didn't get jail time for killing his mother. Uh, this is in New York City. And this is a guy named Henry Wachtel. He's 24 found not criminally responsible for beating his mom to death, and this was in uh, 2014, October 2014, while in the throes of an epileptic seizure. Epilepsy. What a great uh, excuse. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he was, uh, he, you know, the way he explains it, he testified in court, uh, you know, he had no memory of the attack, and uh, they described him as wild-eyed when they arrived at the, uh, at the address. This was at 55th Street, uh, West 55th Street, uh, right over there around Hell's Kitchen, uh, theater district type thing. So I woke up on the kitchen floor to the cops picking me up and my mother being carried out on a stretcher. And uh, he was heard on a recording of his mom's 911, because his mom called 911, uh, Mommy, Mommy, uh, please don't die. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's, it, I guess it is. you see the humor in it. Like, uh, clearly he's responsible for her death. Not responsible, but his uh, disease... Epilepsy. It, it, it overrides the guilty thing because now what you can do is you can throw a couple of seltzers in your mouth and beat some people up and kill people that you don't know <laughs> you want to kill. I don't think so. And uh, get away with it. You, you mean just with, oh, because that's, is, did you tell me once that that was how they would tell women to avoid rapes? Yeah. Carry Alka-Seltzer? Carry, I did that in my comedy thing, yeah. We, yeah. We, you throw an Alka-Seltzer in your mouth and, you know. If you're walking down the street. Who's going to touch you? You Nobody. have foam coming You're out of your foaming mouth. out of the mouth. <laughs> Simple alcohol to get rid of the guns, knives, everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, they could catch on eventually. Go, you know what? Not they, they, All the women who walk through this neighborhood cannot be, be epileptic. Epileptic or <laughs> rabid. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> it could be rabid. Uh, this guy uh, not only got off, okay. Uh, his, now, his, his attorney insists he, he has a right, and, uh, and this is what they're trying to decide. Um, First of all, they're, they're trying to decide the length of, of his psychiatric commitment because uh, he's being held by the state's Office of Mental Health. He's due in court again uh, soon for a hearing to see if he has a dangerous mental disorder. That'll determine the length of stay. Meanwhile, his, his attorney insists he has a right to his mother's life insurance policy and other benefits as well uh, from the teacher's retirement uh, system. Because uh, he wants teacher's pension. <laughs> but... Uh, He's the sole heir. There's nobody else. So it's either that or the bank, right? Well, somebody's got to be a guardian for this guy because he can't manage his own money. Um, that's probably where the attorney comes in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's even bastard. <laughs> Judith Well, she says that he has a right to that money. And, uh, you know, the the group, uh, the <laughs> teacher's uh, retirement system there, they, they won't disclose the amount uh, in her life insurance policy. Uh uh, or what? Okay, so the life insurance and all the other benefits—they're all from the teachers' retirement system of the city of New York. So it's all her teacher's stuff, her retirement, and and he's the sole heir, right? Listed as the beneficiary of the teachers' benefits. So he's and this is all in his lawsuit. Like he's trying—he has to sue for this. I I don't see how they are not just giving it to him. I mean, who are they? Who are the teachers? I guess they're going like, well, we, we want to keep money rather than give it away. I mean, that's how insurance companies exactly, are. You have exactly. to like, but the, but they're they, looking for any loophole not to pay. You. Exactly. Just because he killed her. I mean, you know, uh, 
and uh, she was separated from her husband, and and he's out of the picture. Um, they they have cited the state's Slayer rule. <laughs> Apparently, there's a Slayer rule which prevents killers from inheriting their victims, uh, inheriting from their victim, and asked for a court rule on the matter. Um, uh, but uh, and now his uh, Wachtell's uh, lawyer here, Weiss. Uh, I guess a different lawyer says the rule doesn't apply to people like her client who were found not criminally responsible for the killing. I guess that's what they're trying to decide is if it's uh, does the Slayer rule apply? I mean, uh, the Slayer rule must be specifically right. written. It, it, I, it must have. Uh, it must have. So if you're a paranoid schizophrenic mm-hmm. and you become Johnny when you're really Bobby at the moment and you kill somebody, mm-hmm. are you responsible or not? Well, if if you're That's paranoid schizophrenic, uh, I don't think you're ever responsible. responsible. I, I mean, I, I guess you can just kill at will, <laughs> you know, and, and then go. I, I'm sorry, I'm crazy. I mean, that would be. The, it seems to be the case. I, I'm trying to think. Surely not, but uh, maybe it has to be a crazy murder. Like, what if they can prov- prove you had a motive and it was a normal kind of a right, thing? Right. Then maybe like, no, it was rational for you to want to kill him. Then, <laughs> but if you forgot to take your little blue pill one and day, you think and you're, you're just... pos- yeah, somebody's possessed or whatever. Yeah. The little who, is Viagra now what they're taking? Oh, is that what? It... <laughs> I don't know what color it is. Do not give the paranoid schizophrenics Viagra. No Viagra for right. the paranoid. Or the epileptics either. Yeah. They won't just be beating their mothers to death. Be a different deal. Uh, it's, it says there have been a few cases where someone not guilty by reason of insanity has inherited money from the deceased, but the standard of proof for the estate. To show that the killer was a, was aware of what uh, he or she was doing is lower than than beyond a reasonable doubt standard in criminal cases. So that guess that it's it is thorny, isn't it? Mm. How do you do? It, basically, I mean, like to again interpret it what I what I kind of just read uh, that uh, the the burden of proof to show that they don't know what they're doing is, is lower in the case of uh, uh, the, than the criminal standard. Mm. Uh, but that, um, I mean, if they've inherited money from the deceased, they lower the burden of proof for that. Uh, so if he beats the criminal case, it should be automatic. Absolutely. Yeah, that you get it. So it's weird, and it looks like he did. Well, even if he has the criminal case against him, I mean, Slayer if, if that was his uh, mother's wish, I guess they can't take it away from him if there's no other. Well, yeah, but if the, but the Slayer rule would take it away from him. If he was premeditated, yeah. If he, did oh, okay, it, yeah, he, yeah. Right. That's what but it's there for. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, the, but what they're saying is that the burden of proof for, right, for right. proving it varies in, from in, depending on where you're standing and, right. and what what situation they're trying to decide it in. It seems as if like, uh, you know, to pay them, it would be <laughs> the, this ridiculous burden of proof. But I mean, it's it's lower than the criminal standard. So I, they need to just pay this guy. The teachers' union, you know what I mean? They. Look, they, have you ever known a bigger bunch of thugs, right? They, we're going to do it our way. You can't fire any of us. We're going to touch your children. Uh, we'll sit in a rubber room and and make money anyway. And now, you know what? We don't have to do anything for it. Yeah. Just sit around and fucking uh, draw a check, keep our benefits, keep our pension, and, and uh, society can go fuck itself. Teachers are, are, you know, people say, thank a teacher, and teachers are this, teachers are that. I say, fuck teachers. Uh, <laughs> We have the dumbest kids we've ever had. Uh, all the test scores seem to keep going down. Every when do you ever hear like, "Hey, test scores are up. Kids are getting better. Schools are getting better. 
it's it's never been that and and not only that but they don't even teach shit that's valuable anymore like uh you know knowing what your rights are government and stuff like that it seems like all that kind of gets shoved aside in order to uh you know i don't know get get updated on the latest version of history right which involves uh how you know pocahontas right, right, uh, right. the women did everything the women and indians that we it's all on the backs of these uh you know they don't uh, teach people that of history color. anymore, though. I don't think they don't teach a lot of history like that anymore. They don't. I don't think so. I mean, hell, they don't even teach writing. You know, they don't teach it. Yeah, a lot of kids can't write their damn name. They can't. Yeah, they can't you, cursively write their they name. Can't cursively write because they're fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, I, I no, think they're bringing ADD. that back. Nobody's stupid anymore. All right, I was well, stupid. They yeah. called me stupid. <laughs> well, everybody AD, now has got an issue. Did you have behavioral problems? Uh, yeah, I never listened. To <laughs> just. I always was a clown in school. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you know what? It shows how necessary that is. Now that you come out and you've had a successful career yeah. as an exterminator. Now the I was least likely to succeed. Actually. A second. You were least, ex- yeah. not, not voted, just sort of generally agreed. Well, we were on this work program in high school, go to week and uh, go to work a week and go to school a week. And, you know, they didn't, they thought of us like uh, Mr. Carter's uh, sweat hogs. You know? Oh, really? Oh, okay. yeah. We were like the people that you walk down the hall, they move out of your way. Because we were in that, on the fifth floor of the building. And it was like nobody ever went up there. It was only for us co-op guys. Uh, and we were like, a, a, they feared us. You know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, you guys were like the Cane Corsos of the yeah. campus. And we all walked around with nice suits. We came in with, oh, we were making money. These people were going to school. We were making money. Really? I worked on Wall Street at 16 years old. I was making more than my father almost. You worked on, okay, so you're it's very much like a, a Bronx Tale, you know? Or, or uh, Goodfellas, remember Goodfellas, you know, you look like a gangster. Right. You know? <laughs> but you would go out and buy those things, you know, because it was the way it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've never heard of that. I didn't know that about you, that you start off like a, you do a week at work and then a week at school. It was a great program. Well, coming back to school, you must have been just like fucking, this is dumb. <laughs> this why, is why, why am I here? I'm making money, right. Yeah, I want to go back to work. Oh, it was great. How, how old were you? 16. And, and at 16, you couldn't quit? Uh, no, you had to be a junior in high school and spend your junior and senior year in uh, this co-op program if you wanted. Oh. We'd get you out with a general diploma. <laughs> but I knew I wasn't going to college. I was, That's know. correct. Well, what, I mean, what do you mean general diploma? It's a diploma is a diploma, right? Is there no, other, no, they no. Vary? They, had, they had three uh, when I went to school. There was a commercial, which was mostly the girls took that because it was involved typing and home economics. And then they had... Um, what was the other one? Uh, well, some kind general of... diploma, which was guys like me that, you know. Well, yeah, general. It sounds well, like general. That co- you don't. You didn't. You know. You didn't uh, take like a lot of the classes we had because we were only there half the time. Like I never took math again. He's generally gonna be. You know, generally gonna be fine. Like, he's gonna work in a. He'll be a sanitation thinking, man. The thing you know? is, why are, you, why are you worried about math if you're doing Wall Street math already? You know, I mean, like that's math, isn't it? Yeah. It involves a lot of. Uh, you know, like speculation and numbers and shit. Right. Things going up and down, money. I worked and then, right on the floor. It was an exciting experience. Now, what is going on on the floor? That's where people are yelling and they've all, they're have all they all holding scraps of paper and shit right. and they're yelling and pork bellies. And I had to pick those scraps of paper and take that and run all the way across the room and hand it to another guy who put it in a little tube, shoved it down a slot, and went up to the main office. Oh. And that was how trades were done back then. That was a, those pneumatic, uh, right. that what those, those pneumonic tubes? Yeah. What are those called? What are those those air tubes called? I don't know, but that but it would be that thing. Like, it would swoop up, and yeah, that, that's just, how they that's how they sent it. Capsule and boom, pop, 
There you go. Huh. Pop it down to a, a hole, and it would go up to a kid of Peabody or somebody, and yeah. that would be an order that they had to write up. Then a pigeon would take it out and right. fly it over the guy's desk. <laughs> <laughs> that's neat. Yeah, that's that's, that's, cool that's job, It man. sounds like a really fun job. And and so, but but what are those guys? That, they're making trades, like literally, like baseball cards. Like I have one, you have one. They're like exchanging them. I know that's not what's going on. So why why are they holding little scraps of paper and yelling things? You know what? I never really got into the markets, Pat. Ah, I, uh, isn't I worked crazy? there for two years. You're there doing I, all this, and you're like, "What, what are I, they saying?" What, I, what? I had no idea. They would just say, "Kid, take this." There's a lot of. I don't know. I saw men cry on the floor. <laughs> oh, they were days. They were days that these people would cry. Yeah. If their deals went bad, they were they were horrible. Were you there at the dawn of the depression, the Great Depression? No, I wasn't. Thank God. <laughs> people hanging themselves and jumping off of roofs. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. It, the market was possessed that day, I suppose. <laughs> Interesting crimes in New York City. Self-described white supremacist and killer James Jackson, 28-year-old Jackson, an Army veteran who served in Afghanistan, says he's hated blacks for about 10 years. So, until he was 18, he was cool, and then he started hating blacks as soon as he grew up. Adulthood and black-hating for him go hand-in-hand. The Baltimore man who rode the boat bus here to New York with the intent of killing black guys, he uh, said that he chose to murder here in New York City because New York City is the media capital of the world. He figured it would get the most attention if he did it here, and he has a message. And, he, and, and you know, he was probably right about that because the city loves a great crackpot. <laughs> and he's looking for publicity for his crime. He said this is where he'll get the most coverage because he said he had a message. Now, he didn't mention New York City Crime Report by name. But I think it's implicit in his statements as well as his actions. He obviously wanted New York City Crime Report to cover this because you know, we don't talk about crime that happens outside of New York City. That's why he came here to do it. He figured it would get the most attention. Well, you know what, James Jackson? Here you go. Uh, he could kill anywhere, but he chose New York City. Uh, and uh, so he comes here, and he runs a guy through uh, with a sword. Did I mention he killed him with a sword? Sword. Uh, which is a dramatic choice of weapon, don't you think? Yeah, a little bit uh, overkill. Yeah, and, and also in, in, in kind of like a, you know, a, what, what do you call it, sort of D'Artagnan, kind of like Three Musketeers, a older tradition kind of, you know, not a, it, I'd say sword probably used to be the cause of death in, in like nine out of ten murders at one time. Right, right, right. <laughs> Back in the Middle Ages or something. Uh, not so now. How many, what would you say is the percentage of murders that are carried out with a sword? And I don't mean swords slash knives slash axes. I mean just swords. Probably less than 25%. <laughs> well, this one surely, surely was. They have a picture of the sword. He also had some other knives and stuff with him, but this is the one he chose. This was his uh, singing sword uh, to use to kill a autograph-seeking uh, can collector. Uh, who we see 66 uh, years old 66 too. yeah i don't think he was in you see he thought the guy was younger uh clearly at 66 the guy is not going to be uh dating any white women which is what he doesn't want his name is tim kaufman a 66 year old tim kaufman and he murdered him yeah 66 years old so this this guy is like a real idiot i mean he's uh i can't believe that he uh Killed the sixty-six year old. Yeah, yeah. Well, you black know. don't crack, you know. I mean, like yeah, he thought he was go. he thought he was younger. Uh, so he uh, he killed it. And now, hey, well, as we know, and I assume now, uh, the suspect uh, Jackson knows it'll eat you alive, you know, <laughs> if you don't get it out. 
although there are arguably healthier ways to do it rather than running a sword through a guy. Mm. That is, uh, it's a matter of finding the right way to get your hate out without, uh, you know, hurting somebody that you don't know even. He has upgraded charges. Now, Jackson's charges upgraded in a grand jury indictment. And this is as the story continues because, you know, this is a big, uh, this is a big change. This is uh, the first time that anybody's been charged with this crime since uh, it was re- since it became the law again in 2001, and it is a first and second degree murder as an act of terrorism, along with the original charge of second degree murder as a hate crime. So it's you know this guy is uh, if if he gets convicted of that, then forget it. There's no. But it sounds no like he was going to keep going on this. He was going to continue to kill people if he didn't get caught, right? This was- well, he didn't get caught. He turned himself in. He turned himself in and in time. So it was square. just like a one-shot deal? Well, it, it wasn't supposed to be, but he lost his will to kill, you oh. know, and he, he, he was filled with hate, and after he killed the one guy, he was kind of like, eh, I'm done. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> he got it out of his system. He goes, it seems so irreversible and permanent, and he was going to, but he was going to, like, unleash a lot of bloodshed enough that white women would say wow if if he really feels this strongly i'm not dating a black then i'm man. not going to date a black man yeah that's literally <laughs> yeah. what he That'll expected work. women yeah. to think yeah like uh man oh man how many people were you did you think I, the only people who would not date a black man as a result of that is anybody who was just about to start dating the black guy <laughs> you just killed that's, that's right, it exactly come on uh people should date whoever they want I, who cares? Absolutely. You know what I mean. Like it's not—it's not any white woman's job to protect the integrity of the white race or exactly. what you feel to be the integrity of the white race. And by the way, uh, not a lot of integrity involved with taking a bolt bus to New York City and stabbing a guy on the street. Okay, not impressed by that. Several women uh, weapons charges as well. Uh, to add on top of the you know first degree murder as a terrorist act uh, and uh, hate crime charges. I don't think they need the weapons charges. But they, they're there. He had the knives. And uh, it's like I said, the first time Manhattan District Attorney's Office has ever charged a defendant with murder as an act of terrorism since the Murder One statute was revised the week after September 11th, 2001. Uh, District Attorney Cy Vance said, James Jackson prowled the streets of New York for three days in search of a black person to assassinate in order to launch a campaign of terror against our Manhattan community and the values we celebrate. It sounded as if... He didn't see one. For I was going to right? say, is this fucking guy colorblind? <laughs> <laughs> Takes him three days to seek out it's a black person looking, in New looking York. Looking in the wrong places. You know? Holy shit! Uh, last week, with a total presence of mind, Sai uh, continues. He acted on his plan, randomly selecting a beloved New Yorker. Now, I would take exception to beloved. I don't know that he was beloved. A few people seem to like him. Uh, a beloved New Yorker solely on the basis of his skin color. I mean, we're all beloved at that point. Stabbing what, him repeatedly and publicly. With the stars or something with people that yeah, he celebrities would, and Sure. Stuff? Yeah, he would if he saw a celebrity around, he'd take a picture with him. And uh, but I mean, that's <laughs> just acting like a tourist. I actually thought <laughs> uh, you had your picture taken with him. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, that's that you know what? That will be on the show. <laughs> We'll see that on Monday. You, so, you know what? Let's talk a bit about the victim. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, he's going to be probably taken with a few uh, compound media celebrities. Now, that's a great idea. Larry Izzo, the ex-exterminator Larry Izzo, analyzing the murder of Tim Kaufman uh, in, uh, right there in the streets of Hell's Kitchen by James 
James Jackson. James Jackson sounds like a black man's name. I was going to say, yeah. there's something behind this. Yeah. Uh, by, behind his name being Jackson? Yeah. yeah. There's something behind him hating black people that much. There must be something Jackson. Well, I looked into his family history, and he uh, all I had to do to do that was look at the Daily News, because they had an exclusive on, uh, it was a jailhouse interview, and he was raised by liberal parents, very liberal parents, and he had a... A grandfather who was down in Louisiana who fought for integration, and in Louisiana, that's a thing, you know, uh, especially uh, whenever this guy's grandfather would have been around. So uh, he comes from that background. They were Quakers, and he he went to Quaker school, wow. and he said anything that was forced on you, you know, that hard. Sometimes he's like, yeah, Quakers are apparently not the kind of people who will stab you with a sword, hmm. you know. Uh, now, tell me this: when you were growing up in New York City. Uh, back in the uh, 1900 and some indeterminate. You were born in 52, so in the 50s and, and 60s. 60s, 70s. Yeah. Uh, what was the atmosphere like as far as interracial dating? Uh, there was none. I mean, you know, we couldn't. Uh, I actually went with a girl that was, her mother was black. I didn't know it. I thought she was Italian. She looked Italian. And mm. then, uh, unfortunately, uh, that was a tough situation because once her mother saw me, it was the other way around. Uh, oh. My parents never met her, but once her mother saw me, she didn't want any part of it. Really? Me dating her daughter, yeah. yeah. Uh, she wanted to keep it, uh, you know, in the, uh, I guess, in the racial, in their racial. Well, she obviously character. fucked a white guy. I know. Maybe there's something to that. You know, I don't know what her experience was. Who knows? These white guys. Oh, maybe the white guy did not hang around. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? He maybe the dad there. wasn't in the picture. Yeah. Otherwise, you would have appealed to him. Yeah, come on, exactly. Dad. Come on, you're white. What's wrong with you? <laughs> We're practically paisan. Right. I'll make you some sauce. Yeah. So, so it wasn't around. People didn't do that. No, uh, not really. It was because a, the blacks were so prejudiced. Well, I think it's a, it was a both thing back then. You know, I mean, I went with an Irish girl, and my parents had a shit fit. You know, I was Italian. You know, you don't bring an Irish mix that. And I'm going, what are you, Irish? What are you talking about? Really? Oh my God, it was horrible. Yeah. Why? Oh, it wasn't just cause, because because they're not like us. They say so. That's wow, they're not like us. So prejudice was beyond just white and black. Oh, absolutely, it was down to like what country you're from, which, was, which yeah. I guess I, that's not really that uncommon now. No. I've seen it in movies, but but, then, but it seems weird as they they were they really meant it. Yeah, they did. Uh, you just don't mix. You know, it was Italian Italian. So I married an Irish Italian girl. There you go, Irish Italian, Irish Italian. Okay, and, and that uh, was okay. No. No, it wasn't okay. I married but her anyway. You, uh, uh, <laughs> well, and then you, you guys split up, and and yeah, uh, but they no they kids. never treated. Thank her. God there was no children. Thank God they didn't treat her nice, huh? No, they really didn't. You know. Oh man, that's it took that, years. Took years to cultivate that relationship, and it was uncalled for. You know. But well, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I'm not gonna do anything. That's yeah. your own fucking business. That's right. Let me get in, let me get involved. Make some calls. <laughs> Get the family back together. <laughs> We're going to... Listen, I, we need to discuss this shit that happened 40 years ago. And I mean it. So you got married 40 years ago the first time, right? Oh, my God. I got married in the 90s. That's 25 fucking years wow. ago. 27 years. My first marriage was 27 fucking years ago. And uh, I can still remember my wedding day and a little bit of my wedding night. A there was a <laughs> wedding night. There was anal. That's right. <laughs> Stuck it in her butt. Like, welcome. Welcome to welcome being to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> <A fat Dixon. laughs> yeah. She liked it in the ass, though. 
She loved it in the ass, in fact. I mean, like, I'm not trying to, like, who cares? This is some girl from however long ago. Uh, but, I, yeah, she happened to, in, there's anything wrong with liking it in the ass. Maybe you like it in the ass. I don't know. I'm not talking to Larry. I'm no, talking thank to you. God you're not. I'm talking to you. Maybe you like it in the ass. Uh, some people do. A lot of people like it in the ass. Well, my wife loved it in the ass. I know because I said, you like that? And she said, I love it. And then she would get mad afterwards. She'd be like, I can't believe this way I did that. She'd feel terrible. She felt awful. She felt remorseful for liking it in the ass, for loving it in the ass. She felt remorseful. Why feel remorseful about loving it in the ass? Let's take a caller. <laughs> There's always more to find out about all the crimes that happen. That's why they keep putting a newspaper out every single day. You know, go to Compound Media, watch the show. It's a completely different program, different guests, different things happening, talking about different stories. We'll have the story on the next episode of A Vagrant Caught Spitting. And she had $19,000 in cash on her. Interesting. We wonder why. Also, a detective who was jerking off while looking in some windows. So we'll see you at Compound Media. Uh, thanks one more time, Larry Izzo. Thank you, Pat, for having me. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime. Is it over? Find out how to get extra content and bonus material from this and other shows. Go to patreon.com slash patdixonnyc. Check it out. New York City Crime Report. Go to patreon.com slash patdixonnyc.